Welcome to What the Fuck Did I Just Read? The Tech Sales and Marketing Edition. This is going to be a blast. This isn't just a podcast to have a conversation. This is a podcast to affect change. It's kind of our outlet for therapy to just let it rip. Yay, we are back. We're back. We're back to another episode of What the Fuck Did I Just Read? Tech Sales and Marketing Edition. I am your co-host, Danny Wolf. And I am the willing cohort, Chris Roberts. This is exciting. We are in episode nine. We are almost at episode 10. And once we pass episode 10, we will officially be a legit podcast. According to the statistics, is that what it is? It takes it I, takes ten episodes to make I it think, to a legit podcast. Like like after ten episodes, I, I read somewhere a while ago. After ten episodes, if you if you don't make it after ten, you're just like most fail. They don't make it after ten. Let's just say that. So, uh, you know, it's interesting because is it they fail or is it persistence? Because I think I mean, persistence. Yeah. I mean, it takes work and effort. I mean, I see how much work and effort you put into this. Into I mean, I get. Uh, I, for everybody that's listening into this and, and, and reflects back on this in period of time, I I get the easy job. I literally just have to, will there be a party? Probably yes. Um, I get the easy job. I mean, I get to just turn up. Maybe we, we kind of catch up at some point. Some other, we have no chance to catch up at nights because this Muppet sleep schedule is <laughs> all over the place. And I've been looking after this guy. All right, hey, you go lay down because you've got a gammy leg, you've got no nails, and your toes are all sewn up. Now go lay down. Everybody... Before. Wish wish Milo a healthy recovery. Milo's yeah. Milo's out of commission. Yeah, bless him. He, uh, I don't know what he got into. I need to get out and figure out. Don't I don't know what the hell he got into. But yeah, he came back into the house last night, um, all bloodied up on one of his real um, his uh, hind legs. So yeah, first word out of my mouth, literally was medic, and I'm like, I am the medic. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, so we got him. We got him out and got him all cleaned up and sorted out, and then ran him out to the uh, emergency room last night to figure out. All right, go lay down. Poor baby. Yeah. Yeah. So poor guy. But he'll. I mean, he seems to be okay. Although having a 180 pound drugged up Great Dane is 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 an interesting experience. Mm, I bet it is. Yeah. All right. Reflections on last week. How are you doing since we last spoke? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Status hasn't changed much um, from a standpoint of like how I feel, which which is, I mean, it's good and not good. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I have a, I ended up getting hold of, so Boom's got a pretty good employee assistance program. Um, so I ended up emailing them because I still couldn't pick up the phone. Um, so I emailed them and said, hey, I, I need to figure out how to unscramble some of the bits of the brain. And to their credit, they got hold of me. Uh, they asked a whole bunch of questions. Um, then they asked a whole bunch more questions. Uh, and then they turned and said, basically, uh, I don't remember the exact terminology, but basically I'm I'm an at-risk to myself person. So uh, they advised I remove all the weaponry from the house, which hmm, let's just say I've just put it out of easy harm's reach, uh, all pills out of the way, all that kind of good stuff. So that's done. And then... Actually, after we got off a call an hour later, I've got a. I've, I'm meant to be going somewhere to go see somebody, but I got close to somebody COVID-based. So I'm going to try mm. and. I'm as much as I hate doing things on the phone. I might just see if I can get them on the phone because I don't want to put anybody at risk. I'm mm-hmm. blowing negative because I mean I'm heading out Wednesday. I'm meant to be heading out Wednesday to go catch up with um, uh, with Alan and Cecil and a bunch of the other folks out in Dallas. So as long as I keep. Blowing I'll go, but if I don't, then that's going to screw that whole thing up. Yeah. So yeah, it's a mess. Um, there's there's been a separation of stuff and of people within life, which has caused you know some material changes. Um, that I'm having probably a harder time dealing with than maybe I should do. Uh, as much as I'd like to, you know, as much as there's a part of me that wants to do the whole, you know, Buddhism philosophy of stuff is just stuff and, and we are merely custodians of that stuff. It's kind of hard when you've put so much effort into, you know, building up a whiskey collection and building up the watch collection and both of them, you know, being used, the whiskey especially being used for 
for the conferences and for bringing out like Cyber Week and everything else. And the watches, we were going to do a, you know, we we're going to do the watch rental company. And so to see almost all of that leave, um, it's been rough. Yeah, so it is what it is. Um, work's good. Um, yeah. One of the things, you know, Boom's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, we had to, we did our end of year reviews for others and then the introspective stuff. So I finally said, I sat down last night and did that, which was kind of cool after getting back from him. So a gin and tonic, and a gin and tonic, not multiple gins and tonics. <laughs> um, I'm trying to limit that side of things as well. But yeah, mm. a gin and tonic. Um, uh, and, uh, and sitting down doing it. It was actually kind of cool. It was, it was good to reflect because, I mean, they ask you positive questions like, you know, because I have to, there are, there's like a peer review on a number of folks and I have to review Charles and then I got asked to review a couple of other people. So it's actually nice because you get to do an introspective review on human, on people, mm-hmm. uh, both a positive aspect uh, and also a, a constructive aspect, you know, very much a case of like, you know, what would you like to see this person improve on? You know, and so you can take some time and be constructive. The same thing we're doing in, in this industry, you know, you can sit down and you go, hey, let me think about things. And in your mind, it's a teardown, but it's like, how do I help them build up? You know, we're a little more vocal on the teardown. No two ways about it. But it's always done with a way to go, how do we improve? How do we change things? How do we affect change? And so it was nice to be able to do that for others that, you know, I work with on, you know, pretty much on a daily basis. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Good. Good. Yeah, it seems like Boom is doing a good job of keeping the people part happy and, and intact. Yeah, I mean, they're the uh, the the assistance program they have is actually really really nice. It's it literally is you know a telephone number and when you find it an email and a few other things and and there's a nice all third party all everything else. I mean, I've kept a few folks in the loop as to what's going on in the brain, mm-hmm. but for the most part it's actually kind of nice. So yeah, good credit to them. They. You know, you, you, it, it's really interesting when you, when you look for another job or when you work for another company or something, you always hear and you always hope that they care about the human. But it, it's at times when things get a little rough that you actually got, that they actually step up. You're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. And then that's rare. It feels rare. Let's put it that way. I think a lot of, a lot of companies say, but not necessarily many do. So it, mm-hmm. it's rather nice to, to actually to, to see it be effective. Nice. Nice. All right. Shall we shift oh, into yeah. catharsis? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This the, one's a oh the most fun part. We're doing the teardown now. And before we get into that, by the way, uh people, if you have questions, please prep those because we will bring you on for live AMA. Uh, once we do the buildup after the fun teardown. So uh, shoot me a message if you want to ask a question or you could just answer in the, ask in the comments below or beside where, I don't even know where it is at this stage, but ask us uh, and we'll bring you on. So, all right, I will hand it off to the teardown. We are talking about bribes for meetings. Yes? Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. And, and actually... I'll, I'll prefix this with I've had a few of these. Somebody tried doing one. It was a Chicago, but I think it was it was the Chicago Bears and Packers, or it was so, actually no, it might have been Ravens and Packers. Somebody did one of these to me several months ago, and it reminded me about this one. But this came in um, from from a from a good friend, somebody in the audience, but it's also somebody who it's actually been really really nice to to talk with every now and again on LinkedIn. And, you know, I, I have to give LinkedIn a little bit of credit for, for actually fostering to some degree a community. Mm-hmm. Um, but this came in from, from Sean uh, and uh, Sean Duffy is, is a, is a good, a good person. So it's actually, it came in and he's like, here, I got this one for you. So I'm going to read this one out. We're, we're going to read it out. And, and I, again, we won't name the vendor, but, but it's, you can probably do your own work and maybe we'll talk a little bit about, it. Hey, Sean, I know you've probably seen me in your inbox before. And you, you can just see the salesperson having cut and paste this in going, ha this is attempt number six. I'm going to get them this time. Um, helping to spread the awareness on the world's largest intelligent provider, Beep Company. Figure that shit out yourself. However, being a diehard Bruins friend, I've got something different for you. 
Um, so now you see where this is coming. We, we've laid out the thing. We've now laid it in. The Blackhawks play the Bruins. And obviously, to give this person the credit, they've, they've figured out where Sean is. Now, they've made a basic assumption, which is you equal this neck of the woods, which means you must support this team. Bad assumption, because I live in the middle of Colorado, and I don't support the Donkeys, Broncos. Mm. Um, so y'all got to do a little bit more intern. But anyway, so I figured I should ask you if you're a hockey fan. And if so, I have an idea that could be fun, an out-of-box approach to outreach that won't burn out your retinas from all the mentionable statistics. Give them some credit on this part. At least they're recognizing and they're poking a bit of fun at themselves. I actually appreciate that little bit of it. But this is the fun one. If the Blackhawks win, I will send you some swag on my house. Preemptive bribe. Let's be perfectly honest on this one. And if the Bru and, and let's face it, he's got him coming and going. We'll talk about this in a second. Uh, I'll send you some swag on the house. Team of your choice. <laughs> At least he put that bit in. If the Bruins win, and they will, then you have to entertain a 20-minute conversation with me to make some introductions since I am happy your point of contact from Beep Company. Do we have a deal? This one's interesting, and it, it's it's from a psychological standpoint. I both like it and I hate it at the same time because I appreciate what it's actually trying. I appreciate the fact it's trying to be out of box. But on the teardown, it really pisses me off because they've got you coming and going. Let's face it. If, if let's say it was Broncos versus Packers and Dan, you'd sent the same thing to me and gone, hey, if the, if the Packers win, I'll send you some swag. If the Broncos win, you've got to listen to me for 20 minutes. Well, let's face it. If the Packers win, first and foremost, you're going to send me an email going, hey, you know, the Packers were some <laughs> you introduce yourself this. And hey, I need your address. Oh, shit. You know, I'm having to hand my address off. I'm having to talk to you more. I'm screwed. If my team wins... I'm as screwed as if your team won. All the difference is, is you've just taken, instead of hitting me up directly for a 20-minute conversation, which, by the way, I should probably put out like three years in the future or something, but you've got me coming and going on this one. So I don't, I, I, it, it's a no-win situation. If we put a mm -hmm. deal out there and my team wins, you're going to send me swag, which means we're going to have conversations, more conversations, swag conversations, location conversations, and thank you conversations. And then there's that beholden part. Then there's that, I've taken something from you. And in my own like moral ethical way, now I owe you something. Bet or no bet. And then on the other hand, if if I lose, and given the way the Packers are going at the moment, as a distinct, although we did beat the Bears this weekend, so that makes me happy. Um, if the Packers lose, I'm on the hook to listen to you, and I've got to set up a meeting with you, and I probably can't put it three years in the future because that kind of defeats, although that would be a good one. So I appreciate the creativity, but I hate it because it puts, and again, it puts people, you know, in the, in the case of Sean, it puts him in a no-win situation. Mm -hmm. You know, either he can ignore it, which is possible to do, and just not even bother, and it goes into another one of the spam pots, or you accept it, don't accept it, or you respond. I mean, I'll give it credit. It's a clever way of doing it. But I also hate it because it isn't fair in any mm -hmm. way, shape, or form. Right. Um, yeah. Do you recall at all a very good creative email that just stood out to you? I mean, I, on the la I, would, I just recorded an episode of Audience First, and we were talking about um, with my guests and we were talking about well are there any what does good look like and I'm like hmm well I've seen a lot of shit lately so I don't know what good looks like and so do you know what good looks like in terms of a creative email that stands out to you in your inbox I think actually didn't you send me something was it you or I think I it was think another I, I know I, I've sent you a couple of like holy smoke this is a good one hmm. and there are some out there uh, and I think it's it's the ones that make no assumptions Mm -hmm. You know, I, I definitely think it's the one. So, I mean, if, let's go back through this one. Because to give this one a little bit of credit, you know, it's got some good stuff in there. Mm -hmm. um, but it puts you in a no-win situation. Uh, and I think that's that's my frustration of it. You know, it's what I don't like. So, here's the ones I don't like. I don't like it when it's the sixth email. And, and I do watch my spam inbox because, well, not just for this, because I'm actually intrigued by the tactics that are out there. Mm -hmm. 
But I think the ones which, you know, the first email is spewing stuff at you. The second email is trying to tell you something. The third email is is the, you don't love me. The fourth email is, I'm going to do something. The fifth one is, hey, I recognize I just spammed the snot out of you and I really want to talk with you. Well, that's going nowhere. Let, let's be honest. And we know it's going nowhere because it's a recorded system. You don't care about me any more than you care about 25 other people or 2,500 other people on your list. Those Those go nowhere. The ones I tend to care about is where somebody has actually read a little bit up. Maybe, shit, if you Google me in the news, for goodness sakes, you'll see me all over the place. Even if you look at my LinkedIn profile for 30 seconds and you look beyond, you know, the Isla whiskey and the tea and biscuits and you just spend five minutes looking at something, then I think those ones I tend to pay more attention to. I mean, there's somebody that hit me up the other day and was like, hey, I'm actually not here to sell you something, but I listened to the recording with Danny and you. I love it. I'm actually handing it to my SMEs. If you would, if you wouldn't mind, at some point in time, just listen to the spiel because I'm intrigued to see what your take is on it. I actually appreciate that one because they've said that they're not. I mean, you have to take people on trust at some point in time. You have to take them on trust about the fact that they actually mean what they say to me. In other words, hey, look. You're ripping stuff to shreds. You're rebuilding it. I kind of just want your ear for 10 minutes to see how our spiel is. Now, saying that, I had one hit me up who was like, hey, I listened to Danny and I listened to you and I paused for a couple of weeks and now I'm going to send you everything. I'm like, (laughs) you just didn't listen because, I mean, it was paragraphs. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not talking one. We're talking paragraph. And this is the other problem. The messages I like other shorter ones, you know, to give this one from, to give this one that Sean sent in some credit, it's short enough that you will actually read it. Um, but it's not so long that it drones on. And I mean, again, you know, I, I, I woke up this morning, there's 25 messages in my LinkedIn messages of which half of them were in mails trying to sell me something. My normal email is busy. My HHS email busy ish these days. And yet there's text and there's all the other stuff. So our attention span is is pretty short. If it's not saying, uh, Charles, perfect example, Charles actually says it. And I can't remember the exact statistics. So either he's going to have to correct me or somebody else can. And it's like, you know, 80% read the first line, 50% read the second line. Nobody reads the third sentence. And I think that's very, very true. Even inside an organization, when we're sending out internal messages, we always try to make sure that what we want to actually achieve is in those first two sentences. Um, And then it's kind of filler and other things after that. Because, But you also don't need it pushy. You need that engaging hook. Um, Yeah, there's been some good ones. I actually, you know, I do need to probably save some of the good ones because most of the mm-hmm. ones I've been are absolutely terrible. We should start like a, a Bravo swipe file on the website. But <laughs> people could just go look for good examples too, not just the bad ones. <laughs> this could be the, the video and the podcast could be the bad examples and the buildup. And then the swipe file could be good examples. I think it's, you know, where the easy part is. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, you know, it's a perfect example here. So, you know, I, I'm just going through, I'm going through my spam messages quickly. Um, you, you know, the ones where I, I put a LinkedIn post out about this particular security company and they did it to me again. Um, they sent me another piece of damn spam with more acronyms known in the mankind, for goodness sakes. But they, they open it up with, you know, you'd want to know the key benefits of ESOF ABSEC. Check them out. I'm like, actually, I don't want to know the key benefits. You know, when you make an assumption in those first two or three sentences, um, I have a problem with that. And the same thing when you ask dumb questions, let's be honest. You know, when you work for Boom Supersonic, do you find it challenging to complete tasks and to do on time in a busy schedule during the work week? Do you say, yes, of course I do. I'm a bloody CISO. In fact, all of us in this industry do. You know, I'll keep this short and sweet to make 30 seconds well spent. Well, you've done one, two, three, four, five, six, six separate paragraphs of which each one is going to take 20 seconds to read. So, no, it's not 30 seconds. You want 30 seconds, you put two sentences. Mm -hmm. End of conversation. 
Um, and so I think there's so many examples of terrible ways of doing it. Did you get a chance to review my last? No, I didn't get to review your last email. It went into the spam inbox, same as the other six you've sent me. Attempting to capture your attention will help me avoid repeating my persistent outreach. No, what will help avoid the persistent outreach is a taser. <laughs> but I think I might have actually sent something back along the way. There are some. I'm, I'm in a slightly sicker. Uh, is pen testing going to be an area of interest for Boom anytime soon? Really? No. We're on the internet. We're producing an aeroplane. We're target number one for so many organs. Of course, pen testing is, you great doofus of a muppet. You know, that's stupid shit like that. I'm like, really? But you can open a conversation differently. Like, hey, see Boom Supersonic. Hey, doing some amazing stuff. See you doing this. Look forward to seeing the engine announcement. Got to figure that assessments and, and awareness are going to be part of the thing. Would love to have a conversation if the opportunity arrives. Done. Mm -hmm. You know, you've shown that you actually understand the target. You've shown that you understand the organization. You've demonstrated that you know that we are actually needing something. And you have not made an assumption that your solution is the be all end all and the best all out there. You can achieve those four different things. Then I think you stand a chance of actually getting through at least you know the first couple of layers of uh, of, uh, of radar and awareness. Mm -hmm. But every time you make an assumption, as you know, you assume boom or you assume this and you assume that. That I think is where the radar goes off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Patrick said it perfectly. OSINT is your friend. I mean, it really is. It doesn't take much. Oh, ooh, I talk, did, we do, did we talk about the Enderun? The Enderun? I think we did. Did we talk about the Enderun? No, I don't think so. We didn't. That's coming up next week. Oh, that was a gorgeous one. That's when you don't hear from the CISO, so you go to the CEO. <laughs> oh, no. We we spoke about that, actually. We spoke about that one. Yeah, I thought it might yeah. be a week ago. Yeah, I had another one of those the other day. I'm like, oh, I love you. You die. Mm, <clears> yeah, we spoke about that. Okay. Yeah, Patrick says it right. You know, we need to face the reality of necessary of evils of sales and marketing. Yes, I, no two ways about it. We absolutely do. But I think there's a way of doing it. You know, this is no different than car sales. Let's be perfect. Let, let's just be real blunt about this. I mean, that's why car sales has, has taken a hit since what the '60s and '70s, and it hasn't really gotten much better. But we're all still driving, or most of us are still driving vehicles. Um, most of us realize that we have to do car sales. And the sales folks, for the most part, have realized there's a more effective and efficient way of doing it than simply, you know, standing on the corner waiting to hawk you as soon as you pull into the car parking lot, although some of them still do it. It's kind of scary. I mean, this is the same way. You know, when you drive into a car park, uh, and this is for the uh, British tend not to work this well, most of the British ones, somebody will have to correct me, but the Americans will know this one really well. When you drive into like a car sales lot, it, it's it's like watching vultures. They're all <laughs> sitting outside the door. Some of them are snug around the corner smoking, and they're all like, This one's mine. No, this one's mine. I got this one. I got and they're like freaking vultures. You know, you're pulling up and you can just see four of them scanning you. What watch are you wearing? What car have you turned up in? What do your clothes look like? Do you think you can afford something? And if you can't, can we sell you overpriced finance? Um and it's terrible. Yeah, mm -hmm. in some places, you walk in. Uh, there's a dealership up the road here that I've wandered around a few times. You walk in. The very nice reception person goes, hey, if there's anything we can help you with, please let us know. And you're like, great. You recognize that I'm there. You've acknowledged I'm a human being, and, and you're leaving me alone. And then you wander around, and then maybe somebody comes in and says, hey, just notice you've been browsing. If you have any questions, please let me know. I'm sitting over there. If there's anything I can help you with. And they tend to, again, they acknowledge you're there. They give you the opportunity to approach them, but they don't hassle. Mm -hmm. And I think I like that because then, you know, I'll go wander around, and I'll, da -da 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 -da, and I'll come back and be like, hey, I've got some questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How can we help you? Done. Right. That, yeah, that's the... <laughs> the the que but the question is um you know and this is for some of the folks on the call and beyond in the in the subscription list and in the industry is how do you deal with if you if you pursue that approach right how do you deal with not hitting the wrong metrics 
the oh. number of emails, the, 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 the number of hits, right? The number of yeses or the number of no's or whatever the hell the goddamn metrics are at that particular time. Um, you know, how do you handle pushing back? Because I know some folks who have, you know, blatantly said, this does not work, yet yeah. you require me to blast the shit out of buyers with unnecessary messages I will do it this way because it's the right way and I will get slapped on the wrist for it or fired. And it's happened. I know some people have reached out to me. And so I'm just, you know, this is a question, not just for you, Chris, but for those who are on the call today and, and beyond, how do we change it? How do we shift it? How do we, I think it's going to take two. I think it's going to take two different things. And actually somebody said it perfectly, which is RSA and blackout. And I think it's going to take a number of CISOs and leaders, not just CISOs, but leaders of organizations to stand up at those conferences. And this this is a call out to, you know, to Black Hat, to RSA, to DEF CON and everything else to say, hey, we need a couple of talks up there that aren't pay to play and that aren't, you know, whatever's the latest acronym out there. We need a couple of talks up there where leadership stand up and go, enough's enough stop filling up my inbox with useless stop trying to you know raid me the moment i step in the door stop trying to do all of this enough is enough and and it's going to take that message to come from us because at the end and i think it's also going to take enough of us standing up and saying enough is enough you know you and i doing this is great but we need we need a wider reach. We need this needs to go viral, basically. You know, when you think about it, this needs the million to ten million hits and all of that stuff. This has to go viral in order for I think for not just the folks on the ground to say, "Hey, we're trying to tell you something," but for the leadership of those organizations to recognize that most of us in the industry are just sick to death of this. Yeah, you know, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, if I sort. So I'm in my boom spam, um, you know, and I look, you know, Sarah's hit me up four times in November. Stacy's hit me up three times in November. Sutton's hit me up four times in the last week and a half. Tax Security's yeah. hit me up four times in the last two weeks. Tyler's hit me up four times this month. You know, and then we go up Megan a couple of times, Laurie, one, two, three, four, five, CISO innovations with AMD processors. I'm like, you know, and, and this is just Guave's hit me up three times about full stack, Erica, tight job market. You know, and I just keep ben, a pen test, pen test, pen test, pen test. You know, dear Sinek, um, change your approach. Like, I actually, you know what, in the end, I, I end up hitting up, I think if I remember rightly, I think it was Sinek, I actually hit up um, to give them, uh, to give them a little, I'm not sure I'm going to give them much credit. Uh, I think I actually hit, I hit them up and said, hey, uh, I actually think I talked with uh, Jay, Jay Kaplan and I talked briefly. So I will actually give them credit on that one. Jay and I talked and he's like, yeah, we appreciated, understood. So I'll actually give him a shout out. Um, but it's frustrating because, you know, again, you get all these darn emails and I'm fortunate I know enough folks. So I hit Jay up and said, hey. You please, for goodness sakes, you've got to change the approach. It's, you know, it's have that conversation with the people. So maybe it's that as well. You know, you look at people in our position that know a lot of the senior leadership over at the vendor side of the world. And I think it's going to take a lot of us reaching out to folks and going, hey, you got to change it. And, you know, again, to give Jason credit and send some credit, they're like, yeah, you know what? We know we need to do something. So I think maybe that's it. it. It literally is the stage at the main conferences. And I think it's enough leadership folks to stand up and hit the vendors up and say, hey, the leadership of the vendors and, and say, hey, this, this shit's gonna, this just got to change. Yeah. Well, um, this is, this is gr a great segue into one of the questions. And I, I don't know who asked this question, but uh, let's see. Because I can't see in the LinkedIn. 
but I guess I'll ask for the user because I wanted to bring them on. But uh, I don't know who that is. Do you see who that is? How do we get enough CISOs? Uh, I'm actually just looking at it now. Yeah, I'm trying to figure uh-huh. out how I can get into it. Well, we we don't know who we don't know who said that, but okay, because it says LinkedIn user for us. But um, question for you. So so yeah, how do we get enough CISOs and other leaders to stand up and actually be well, interested I, I, in doing that? That's probably something I have to work on, and then I'll take. I'll actually take that as a task because mm. uh, it's probably an interesting task. First and foremost, uh, we need to talk to the folks in the Tinkers group because there's two fifty three hundred oh. Tinkers group. So I think first and foremost, that needs that absolutely needs to happen. Which is because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them are aware, but I think you know Gary Gary Hayslip is a perfect example of that which is, I think Gary would be another one that would stand shoulder to shoulder and say, hey, enough's enough, we've got to change it. And I can think Alan Alford, Alan and I meeting mm-hmm. this coming week down in Dallas and Cecil's down there. So again, I'll actually maybe that, because I'm, I'm talking down there. So maybe I'm going to take 10 minutes and say, hey, I, I, need, I need a favor from every single one of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what? I think maybe that's a big part of it. Is, is I'll, I'll take the lead on that one. Let's see if we can actually get a bit of a grand swell going, because... That's also a LinkedIn post. You know, I'll put oh, a yeah. post out about it. And it's uh, maybe it's a cut and paste to your vendors, uh, to the vendor leadership. Go find out who's the CEO, chief marketing, chief revenue, chief whoever over at that vendor and cut and paste this and send it to them, please. Um, yeah, that I think would be a good start. And, and that'll, you know, it's, it's Arnold Guthrie. You know, it's a movement. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when I started all this. Uh, I don't remember who said who said it to me, but I think it was like a CMO, or maybe even a you know other leadership from the vendor side. They were like, "This is a very noble cause," as if like, "Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not gonna." Not going anywhere. Yeah, I, things have got to change. I mean, it's it's yeah. things have got to change. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's what it comes down to. And you know, the only way you change is if you stand up and go, "Hey." So maybe that is a task, dear Cecil. When I'm down there this Thursday on stage, I'm actually going to spend five minutes talking about mental health as well. Mm, um, I'm going to spend five minutes talking about this, and then I'll spend you know however long I'm going to be on stage talking about. Don't put ticks in boxes, Erica. We're bringing on Erica. Hey, can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Awesome. So I've been like making comments and messaging the entire stream. I just, how do, I need CISOs to go to my CRO, like not me personally, but like that's who you have to go to is the CRO at the vendor or the VP of sales who's ever running the BDR team. Those are the people that you guys need, the customers need to, to tell because they're the ones that are in the marketing people too, because they're the yeah. ones that are running the go to market, you know, the pitches. I hate corporate pitches. I, I use them when I need to, but the PowerPoint decks, I learn my pitch and I don't use them. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's the challenge. I think you're right. This is, I, I, I don't know if you caught when, I was talking with Danny and I think that's, that's, I have to start that one. And that's me hitting the tinkerers. That's me hitting the CISO groups. That's me standing up. I'm out in Dallas on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm on stage on Thursday in front of, you know, several hundred CISOs. And I think it's going to be those conversations. And and this is the black hat, DEF CON, all those other ones stand up and go, Hey, enough's enough. This is, yeah. and I'll, I'll, maybe that's, maybe that's my, cause I didn't put a LinkedIn post out to get this moving today. So, I'll take a hit on that one because it's been a little chaotic. But maybe my wrap-up post I'll put out in a little bit is going to be, hey, cut and paste this. Every single one of you out there that, that has a link into a vendor's marketing, you know, business dev, all that stuff, cut and paste this and send it to them, please. Yeah, so I know my current employer, they, like, they're constantly trying to get better, right? And our CRO is a really good dude. And I can guarantee you, if you sat down and had can- like a conversation and, you know, we're just had good candor back and forth, he would, he would talk to you because he's in charge of all the revenue, right? CROs, you know, have the, one of the most stressful jobs other than CISOs. 
I can tell you, if you went to Chris Smith and said, hey, I, I, let's let, help us out. We want to help you. You help us. Let's talk about some messaging and how we get, you know, this, these shenanigans to stop. I can guarantee you my CRO would listen to you. And I'm not saying that my current employer has a problem with our messaging, but they do work on it constantly and try to get better. Yeah, I think it's there's so many. I mean, that's I think it's maybe that's it. We do that. We have that conversation and you almost um, you almost template it. You know, in some yeah. ways, you sit down and go, "Here are ten things. Here are here are ten things every single marketing officer, VP of sales, whatever could do." But contrastly, here are ten things every CISO needs to do. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's got to be a two way street too. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the the CISO thing. I think is the big one as well because. The challenge is, is, you know, we all sit there and we all go, oh, you know, marketing and sales are terrible. But at the same time, I know, unfortunately, so many CISOs who need a swift kick up the ass with a pair of steel toe caps. Yeah, there's just some CISOs that it we're, we're not just the problem, right? And mm. you're admitting that. So I, I hear what you're saying. But those CISOs need to be checked. They need to be put in check because if you want us to not, you know, harass you or, you know, bother you and flood your inbox, give us feedback. Tell us how to approach you. I, I think I told you this in the past. I told a CISO, he was so mean to me. And I said, you know, this, this was after he was just mean to me for, for a long time. So do you have salespeople at your company? And I know, I think um, on one of our sessions, we talked about, this is not something as a salesperson should, should say, but it was to the point where he was just being flat out rude to me. Like he, he didn't stop ignore. He didn't just ignore me. He t went out of his way to be mean to me. And I said, do you have salespeople at your company? Do you bring in revenue? Do they bring in revenue for your company? How would you like it if your salespeople who actually, you know, help employ you were treated this way? Yeah. And he actually, after being even meaner to me, did end up apologizing. He said, you know, I didn't like that you called me out like that, but he's like, I'm out of line. And I mean, he's still mean today. He's still mean to other salespeople. So it didn't really change him. But I, I don't like to throw stuff like that at people, but you're you're being just a horrible person, but you're not telling me how to change. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I growl. Every now and again, I growled. I growled at somebody the other day. Um, and that was that was partly just pure situational because of what's going on behind the scenes with me. I mean, somebody hit me up and I, and yeah. I just, I, I didn't growl hard, but I just certainly growled. Um, and I recognize that. Um, but I try, you know, or I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll send messages back and on some of these spams and, and there's times I will send them, but there's times I'll bash it out and then I don't send because it's, it's a little too cut close. You know, there's, yeah. But see, it's okay. So like you growled at somebody, you were having a bad day. What salespeople need to understand is you're a human before anything and you're going to have a bad day. Like I I've been into restaurants where the waitress was, is just terrible or like a cashier and they're just having a bad day. It was just a yeah. bad moment for them. Now, if they're yeah. like that every time they should find a new job, but people got to understand you have a life. You're very open about your life. And if people don't realize what's going on in your life and they still act stupid, that's their, they just need to be fired <laughs> or quit. I mean, no, I mean, that's, that was the comment that came in earlier on. Where was it? It was, it, I mean, it's a simple open source and to Patrick said it. Y'all got to do a little bit of research. And, and, and again, this goes back to, so just a quick heads up. If you get, if you get a, if you get a message from Chris, don't be surprised. Cause I just shot him a LinkedIn request and said, Hey, talk to Erica. We need to have a, I'd love to have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> My CRO. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. I love Cause him. I'm totally up for it. I mean, it's because it is one of those things where I can't just sit here and fetch about it. It yeah. doesn't work. So mm -hmm. it, it literally is do something. Now, if, if I can, I mean, Danny and I have done this often enough, Erica with you, I mean, good grief, Maria, I'm pretty sure between the four of us, we could come up with uh, with a good top 10 things that CISOs need to do and top 10 things sales and marketing. But I want it blessed by Chris and some other folks out there in those roles to go, yeah, 
and then it's a matter of just standing up, sending a freaking blackout, DEFCON, RSA, and all the mm-hmm. conferences. Hey, 10 things for you. Do these differently. Yeah. Well, and at, at Aqua, my employer, my, yeah. my sales and marketing teams get along. So my CRO and my CMO get along, which in a lot of companies doesn't happen. Totally. So my CMO, Matt, he's also another good guy. And he, I'm the first time I met him was, you know, obviously when I went to Italy with my company, cause they took us on a, they take us on a trip every year. Um, and he's just the most down to earth CMO that I've ever met. And the CRO and the CMO at Aqua security, their relationship is the best I've ever seen between the two departments. I just saw Ira Winkler's on your, on your steering committee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm still going to give him some shit. <laughs> Well, and then somebody else who's on our board is Joe Sexton. He's a really smart dude. Like he, I, I've seen so many things from him and he talks about stuff like this too and challenges and he's given us advice, advice, you know, from a sales perspective. I just couldn't, we have some of the better people in the industry, the company overall. I mean, my CEO is, is awesome as well. Aqua's CEO is amazing. So I want to send a shout out to drawer, to drawer, our CEO, I mean, he literally is is another CEO that I would I could approach with anything. But the fact that he has two departments that actually get along that was one of the attractions yeah. to my employer. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, so. that's. But it's. Just, I mean, that's, more of that, the other so. Yeah, uh, truthfully, inside the industry as well. So yeah. that was one thing that I love about Boom is the IT, the infosec legal and compliance engineering and software all get on with each other yeah like we talk and we work together and i'm like you don't find that you just you don't, don't oh and my so, gosh yeah. yeah and that's you another frustration that sorry that's another frustration that salespeople go through is you have like your network team and then your cyber team and then your devops team they don't get along and then we get stuck in the middle of that a lot of the times so yeah. that's why we always go to the top. Obviously, you're the decision maker, and we're we're selfishly going to you because that's who is usually going to approve our deal along with the legal and compliance teams. But we get stuck in the, that drama, and that's hard to navigate. No, I've I've having been there a few times on both sides of that fence. Uh, I remember I remember walking into. Um, I remember walking into a big manufacturing, like huge manufacturing organization, global one. <clears throat> and this was when I was at a TiVo. And still in the sales and marketing. I mean, I was chief, whatever the heck I was, whatever the bloody title. Like, basically, I was the geek trying to sell shit. Let's face it. Yeah, um, okay. And I remember walking in and sitting down inside their, one of their big quarters. And we got talking about deception technology and implementing it in security. And then we started talking about how to put it inside the network team. Of, oh, no, we, no, we, we don't work with the network team. I'm like, the hell do you mean you don't work with a networking team? Well, you know, we, they do their thing. And we do, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're all in the same company. You're all responsible. And, and we talked about this for a while. And I just, you know, I'd seen it all too often. But then just having it, and I'm like, no, that, that shit just doesn't work. You're all getting the same paycheck from the same place. What the hell do you mean that? Go down the damn corridor, sit in one of their meetings, bring coffee and donuts, and apologize. Eat some homework yeah. five minutes. But it's, yeah, no, I and I get the logic, and this is where it gets tough because – as the CISO, number one, I, I'm very protective of my CIO. Like I am, and my CEO. I'm, I'm like that nasty rabbit ass terrier. You know, when somebody doesn't end on or tries to get one or the other, I'm taking you off of the ankles and probably ripping the throat out at the same time. <laughs> but I also understand. Hey, we need to talk to the decision maker. I get the like because you're right. Because like network team wants it, but security don't. And these folks, uh, yeah, no, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. I totally get it. It's just one of the things that we got to, uh, and from our previous sessions, we have to work on it as an industry. There is yeah. multiple things have to change for things to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You got to start somewhere though. And I think maybe the book needs to be a little bit more open, um, possibly on both sides. 
Yeah. You know, that is the one thing. A perfect example, we started off this session talking about that, um, talking about the, the, the hockey game. And the no-win situation, and and maybe that book is open. Rather than doing that, you know, maybe that that email should have sent should have literally opened up with, "Hey, I'm giving you a no-win situation. <laughs> I'm going to give it away, but let's play it out anyway." I've been a little bit more honesty on the damn thing. Mm. You know, I don't know. Um, uh, the integrity has got to be there, and I think again, I, I I'll go look in the mirror. I don't need to wind six companies up to test drive just because I want free shit. I, I, Maria's on the call on this one as well, and that's another one. I mean, I was very, very clear. I'm like, I don't need, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. This is all I need, and I need this to even make a decision as to whether we're even going to continue talking. When we've right. done that, then we'll continue talking, and then we're going to go. And it was, I was regimented because it, it, it's a, it's a respect for time. Yes. I mean, trust me, I've had those customers that I've taken them to a $100 dinner. They Then after dinner, they order the port wine reduction or the, the port yeah. wine shots oh. that are like $150. And it's time after time. And those customers do get an, it, we the vendors talk too. So we know yeah. who those customers are. And we know like what's going to happen when we take people like that to dinner. And I like, I was talking to a CISO uh, not that long ago and um, he was at an event that I was at with Amber and he told me, he said, don't call me and offer me dinner. Don't call me and offer me to take, take me to a game. If I need something, I will contact you. And I appreciate that, but he will contact somebody who he, he's referred to. So it goes back to the whole, like our, our session, our previous session, how do you get in with a CISO? So I wouldn't be the one that he would call because his counterparts are not using my product currently today or whatever. I, you know, I know that yeah. they're not using it. So when am I going to get that chance and how do I, you know, get that first step up? And we've talked a lot how about this. Stay, too. How do you stay top of mind? Yeah, no, yeah. that is yeah, it's, And that's, that's, that's actually ridiculous. No, no, you're, you're actually hundred percent correct because, you know, we get bombarded every single day. You know, I get yeah. 10 every day and by day six or by day five, you know, I've forgotten the first 10 or the first 20. So, no, you're actually right. Mm -hmm. yes. But he's doing it in a way that's effective and, and not going to not going to annoy the hell out of. I mean, that's almost where that checking comes in. Like, hey, let's just catch up in a month's time, see how you're doing kind of thing. But then the CISO has got to be re receptive to that or. Right. You know, back to Maria and I. I mean, there are a couple of vendors I've talked to that I'm like, hey, I'd love to have a conversation, but it's not my focus. Get a hold of me first, second quarter next year. And it's not that I'm not listening to your rhetoric that you, we, we can solve your problems now. What I'm listening to is where I know exactly my maturity model is, where my systems are, where I know I have to focus now. And I know when I'm going to be focusing on your segment of what I need to do to get the security stack sorted. My CRO is huge on maturity models. You're going to yeah. enjoy talking to him because he preaches that to us. You know, and the other thing that companies need to understand is every territory is different. So obviously I'm the Rockies, you know, I'm part of the West. There's the East, the Central. Companies don't really listen to their salespeople. And this is not a reference to Aqua, but they don't listen to their salespeople when they say, when, I, when we tell them, so yes, you have California, you have like PAC Northwest. Colorado is a very slow buyer and when they buy mm -hmm. and when they decide to change technologies, they do it, but you're not going to force them and speed it up at all, unless it's just something that's, you know, super relevant and they need it today and it's going to solve all their problems, which is nothing. But I, as a salesperson, I were, I've worked in the central and I've, I've worked accounts in the East and the West every territory buys differently and when we yeah, tell management yeah. that it's we are you know not being effective enough we're not trying hard enough we're we we should you know not be in sales because we don't want to hear no that yeah. has to change too so that's from yeah. our side of it you know what i mean because yep. i can't tell a sales manager or a vp of sales or even my cro well, Colorado's buyers are really slow, so we'll eventually get a deal. Like you can't say that, but that's actually true because, like, Colorado is very different than Utah. I also have Utah or Arizona yeah. or Nevada. You know what I mean? So, 
salespeople need to do a better job at learning their territories and understanding the buyers in each territory because each state is different. So that's a problem on our side. But also the SaaS companies and all the cyber companies need to understand that as well. Just because you run a, a data model does not mean that that's how my customers are going to buy in Colorado or Utah or Wyoming. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, so like these models and like, you know, like all these um, sales methodologies are great and it, and they do serve a purpose. Value selling is great. I really like it, but it doesn't matter if I'm not talking to the customer because so here's, a, here's a question for you. And this is back to those hundred. You're right. Cause I remember at Ativo, I remember having conversations with some of my peers on that side. And like, Oh yeah, we're going to go talk to them. Well, good luck with that one. And you know, you have that conversation. Here's a, a very blunt question. Why do you still take people out for hundred dollar dinners and $150 ports? Why not just say, fuck it. Because if we're not spending money and we're not uh, entertaining customers, we're not doing our job. <sighs> and Jason asked a really good question. This is this kind of goes with what you're asking. Jason says, why can't you tell them what's the deeper part of why this can't align? The the VCs and the Wall Street don't want to hear that. Yeah, that's no, 100%. And, that's, and having sat in that side of the world, yeah. Yeah, basically the VCs just giving you 10, 20, 30 million. 15 of that million is is go get market segment by yeah. hook, by any mean possible to validate the product. You have to go get market segment, which again is a bullshit way of doing things. That's that's a and if whole I'm, if I'm other not entertaining if I'm not entertaining customers since we all work from home and we're adults and they do trust us. If I'm not spending money, I can't prove my activities. And it goes back to all the activity-based models and KPIs that are hit. Yeah. And like BDRs, um, love them or hate them, cold calling is the worst possible thing to force them to do. I, I, I know it's necessary, but I'm not saying it's dead because people will scold me for saying it's dead. But, but, but in theory, I mean, how many bloody people buy off of a cold call these days as a percentage? Let's say, you make a, let's say you make a thousand calls. How many people are going to buy off of? Uh, how many people are going to buy Aqua or are going to buy a Tivo, which is now certainly one, off of a cold call? Uh, basically none, because right. when a BDR does a cold call to set a meeting, they're usually setting the meeting for the field rep. And inbound, you know, it's really hard to get inbound leads. Companies struggle with this all the time, so they have outbound and they have BDRs for that. But then you set measurements and KPIs around these BDRs that they get paid if they book a meeting. If the meeting turns into an opportunity, they get paid something else. And then if the deal closes, they get paid something else. So you have BDRs desperate to meet their numbers and to get paid commission. And then they book a meeting and it gets to the field rep. And it's like somebody at gmail.com. It's not even a decision maker because right. they have the fear. They have the fear of job loss and not making their numbers into these BDRs who are usually out of college or, you know, younger in life. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it just starts the cycle, the sales cycle negatively. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I don't answer my bloody phone anymore. I mean, I've pretty much so. It, it, unless it's a number I actually recognize. Um, and that's the other challenge is, you know, Apple and, and Android want to go, hey, I see a contact. Can I put it in? No. Mm -hmm. No. If it's not a number well, I recognize, it ain't getting answered. Snowball chance in hell. Well, then they spoof call like the bill collectors and the war the car warranty people. They spoof their number. So, yeah. lot, so I have a, a I have a, a Chicago area code um, on my, yeah. one of my cell phones, my personal cell. So, yeah. I don't use this one in Colorado for business because they think I'm a spoofer. So, I do have another line that has a area a Colorado area code, but like. I will have people call this number with a 630 or like mm -hmm. my area code is 630. That is basically trying to sell me something or, you know, trying to bother me about something. And they use a 630 or Illinois number because yeah. most people answer it. I know better, yeah. but thank you COVID for allowing companies to call CISOs on their personal cell phones. To this day, I still cringe when I'm told to call somebody's, personal cell because i found it in zoom info or somewhere online no, no don't because I, I mean no i mean that's a that's an instant blacklist 
Well, and yeah. employers don't understand that. that again, it doesn't yeah, reference again, Aqua, but we have to have. Yeah, and my BDRs—they—they're calling executives on their cell phones and you know oh. security professionals on their cell phones, and then they're getting yelled at or hung up on, and then we're, we have to take take the number off. We never had permission to call them in the first place. It was just data that we found online. That's a whole nother issue that we have well, in so the that, world. That's a big one because my number's on a do not call list. So mm-hmm. let's face it, those aren't being respected by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. So that to me is one of those, you know, uh, we've talked about this, Ryan and, and Evan and I have talked about why don't we take people to task? Why don't we actually report them to, you know, whoever the hell's monitoring that do not call shenanigans, FCC or whatever it is. I mean, there's there's so much of this that needs to change. Well, yeah. This company that sells sells the information to you know like other businesses like your your cell phone and your <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, your yeah. job your data yeah. and we buy lists because it's good yep. information and I I'm not saying anything bad about it because without that information I wouldn't have anybody's email I wouldn't you know know a lot and LinkedIn's really good for this but to tell me to call a CISO or a CEO or a CIO on their personal cell phone <laughs> every time somebody tells me that I'm like. Will you, do you want the car warranty people to call you on your personal cell at 7 p.m. when you're at home with your wife eating dinner? <laughs> I did, like, and I, I get, I get a blank stare when, um, yeah. that, that's my response, you know, and like my current boss, he is, he's great. You know, he understands the real issue and what we need to do to get better at our marketing and whatever. But I've had managers that are like, you know, put that meeting on their calendar. We've talked about this in the past. Just put a meeting on their calendar. I never used to do it. I would get I would get talked to. Call them on their cell phone. Well, I'm not going to call them on their cell phone because during the day they're working. After hours, they're they have families. Most of these people because they're, they're humans. Yeah. Again, yeah. I'm not going to call them after 5 p.m. when they're probably picking up their kids or you know trying to see their wife who they haven't seen all week because they work 100 hours a week or husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just. There's so many things and so many dynamics. It's just a large pot that we have to, or like a a ball of yarn that we have to unravel. And I think a good start is for CISOs to stand up and talk to companies, CROs or CMOs, and just say no. Just no to drugs. Remember that? (laughs) Nancy Reagan. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's the campaign. And look, you know, I we might, Chris, we might have to bring on Erica as a co-host. Hey, I mean, I'm, this is, this. Yeah, this I, I'm just, I'm sitting back and relaxing. I don't know if you're <laughs> here. Erica's if running Chris, the show. If Chris Smith tells me that I'm in trouble, if I get a meeting put on my calendar, he says that I need to talk, uh, I'm going to be worried about that. But no, he's a good if, guy. If that, happens, that. if that happens, get hold of me. No, he wouldn't. He's a he's a good guy. He'll probably laugh at this and be like, you know what? Shut your mouth. <laughs> You're no, gonna get me no, in trouble. It's, it's, here's the thing. You're right. Here's the thing. You're right. And this is, I think, again. So if we go back to Chris or anybody else, if they can't take away some things that the the the, the CISO is talking about, then we've got bigger problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now I'll caveat that with you know um, Maria was was very gracious in saying. I'm probably the exception to the rule, but I don't think I'm that much of an exception to the rule. I think there's a lot of us out there in those manager, director, CISO, CXO type leadership roles that are just sick to death of this way of things happening. I will tell you why they don't give us feedback because salespeople will say, oh my God, they responded. So I'm going to send you a hundred emails after this. So like, <laughs> like the reason we're not getting feedback is because any type of response that they give to a salesperson, they take it as a, so you're saying there's a chance. Oh, yeah. And then the they bombard you with standpoint, more. That's terrible, isn't it? That's such mm-hmm. a terrible, yeah, that's. And that's why oh. you guys don't speak up because you're, it's, it's like the movie Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's. That's the, I, you know, and I think that's got to stop as well. I think, you know, it's, I talk so much to my, to the peers. And, and I think that's it. It is encouraging more of us to stand up and go, Hey, shit's not happening. And, and I'll, I'll start it. I got no problems being the instigator on this one in any way, shape or form. In fact, I don't think I am the complete, I don't know who knows. I'll be one of the instigators. Let's put it that way. You're, you are an exception, um, but you also <laughs> 
don't care if somebody like bombards you after that because you'll put them in their place. I'm not saying you don't care, but you will put somebody in their place. Like if you respond and give positive feedback and then they still try to sell to you after that, they deserve to be blasted. Right. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, people need, if they don't know that about you, that that's just funny. But um, (laughs) going back to like Aqua's CRO and my CMO, you know, it's just like asking customers to do a peer review of our product. Why can't we ask customers to help us understand how to go to market better? Right. Well, yeah, you can. No, just, you can <laughs> but. This is what this is why Danny exists. Yeah, this is why Danny exists. And apparently, <laughs> shameless uh, plug. Yeah. What the hell? Necessary plug. Let's put it out, Erica. We sounds like we need to get you on this one. So probably Maria. Yeah. Yep. Maria's got some good some good comments too and questions. And J- Jason, he he asks some good questions and then when I answer him he'll say, you know, why why can't they understand this? This is what needs to change. Jason, you're right, but it's like, you know, you it's like telling a toddler to not touch the stove. We'll we'll hear you, but we'll just keep doing the same thing. The definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And that's the sales cycle that we're in. <laughs> it's a bloody industry, unfortunately, as a whole. Let's face it. We need we got some we got some work to do to mature at the very, very least. Yeah. 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 And I just you guys know I can talk about this. I'm so passionate about like just things need to how things need to change. And mm-hmm. again, I will tell everybody I'm not the top salesperson of the world. I, I, I have my own issues, but I know when to not piss off a customer is which is why customers like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Maria is the same way. I mean, I deal with Maria on, I wouldn't say a daily basis, but no, I mean, Maria and I went from a, hey, let's have a conversation to now they're engaged and we're working with them on a daily basis. And I mean, that came simply yeah. down to the fact that I looked at that one person and said, I can trust you can hold your word. I can trust you are going to hold the organization to their word. You are, yeah. there's no bullshit. There's no medicine. There's nothing else. There's n- I'm not going to get any fucking alarm bells. And and they do what they say they're going to do, and they do it when they say they're going to do it. And to some degree, they hold me accountable for the stuff we need to do as well. And I like that. And so that's progress. And so how do we take that and distill it to the other several thousand vendors and the relationships with the with the CISOs? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's got to start at the top. It's your leaders on the end user side need to work with the leaders on the vendor and reseller sides because. Those are the people that are pushing salespeople to, you know, meet their quota and yeah. KPIs and metrics. So there it is. There it is. All right. Last last thoughts. Yeah. I mean, Erica, for those of you who uh, aren't aware, Erica is not a stranger to audience first and to our panel. She was on the CISO sellers panel for three times in a row with Chris and with Dimitri and Carlos as well. Well, you're welcome back anytime, obviously, Erica. And I will be shooting you a message because we we might need to do something regularly with you, given... I am seconding that by far and yeah. away. Yeah, no two ways. As long as you've got time on your stuff, because you're running your own Cyber Queen podcast mm-hmm. as well. Say, yep. so. Shout out to Cyber yeah. Queen. Yeah, uh, the Cyber Queen podcast. Yeah, I have time. I, I love coming on your podcast or and your, you know, what, you're, what you guys are doing here, I think is great. I'll make the time. Amazing. I got a lot going on. It, it, it's it's going to help me and it's also going to help my peers because mm-hmm. everybody's scared to say what I'm saying. They think yeah. it and they're scared to say it because they're scared to lose their jobs. But mm-hmm. as long as you're not blasting your employer and saying negative things about your employer, if they can't take feedback, you're at the wrong company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Love it. Loving it. All right, Erica, we will see you around. Thanks for uh, hijacking. I love it. Yeah, oh, thanks awesome. for having me on. I uh, no, right after I job. came on, I had to go turn my stove off because I was cooking something and I forgot. So I went off video for a second. I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. All righty, take care. Cool. So I mean, we have hit the hour mark, past the hour mark. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing you want to impart on the audience before we sign off? I. I think, you know, that there's no easy solution to this. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a big part of it. There is no easy solution. And the solution isn't just blasting sales and marketing. 
Mm -hmm. Leadership, CISOs, managers, directors have got to look in the mirror and go, how can we do our part Mm -hmm. to affect change? So I think that's, you know, and to me that that mirrors information security. You know, InfoSec has has blamed everybody for years over all the security's problems. Yet rarely have we turned around and looked in the mirror and gone, what can we do better? And how can we be more effective? So to me, I think that that big one is... um, you know, before blaming everybody else, take a look in the mirror and go, what can you do differently? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I echo that. Nothing to add. And I love, I Thank love you. that we're talking about a, a bi-directional uh, conversation here. So, um, all right. Uh, okay. Well, there we go. Sorry. I had a thanks. LinkedIn message and I thought that was somebody. Okay. Uh, this has been another episode of what the fuck did I just read? Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. As always, you rock. Enjoy the rest of your week, and thanks for doing this. This is no. one hour out of the day every week. That's a lot. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, and it's necessary. And I think we'll keep it going. I mean, no two ways about it. I think we need to. There's so much to unpack on this. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. All right. 